Chapter Ten of Clogshop Chronicles by John Ackworth. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Bullet Pie. A lady evangelist was conducting special services at Clough End, and Lige and Sam Speck had been to hear her, or perhaps more correctly, to enjoy the unhallowed delight of seeing a woman in a pulpit. The heckling they received at the hands of the clogger produced very complete repentance, apparently but alas the mischief was done and the very next sunday the fearful fruits of it were seen for a woman actually got up in the beckside after-service prayer-meeting and made a speech a speech mark you not a prayer or an experience these were not altogether contraband but a speech and a somewhat startling speech too jabe had declared again and again whenever the disturbing question of female evangelists came up there's ne'er been a woman in our pulpit since the place were built now and there never will be while i'm alive and now beckside was suddenly brought down to the ignominious level of clough end the offending female was the new schoolmistress and while some were of the opinion that her official position gave her a sort of license jabe and others held that such a person ought to have known better and that her status aggravated the offence it was just at that time in late autumn when the temperature of the sunday night prayer meeting usually began to rise and the prayers were most thickly punctuated with ejaculations suddenly one evening this misguided young woman rose in her place in the singing pew and holding up her hands cried in schoolmistress style hush then before anyone could rise from his knees and sit down she gripped hold of the iron rod supporting the singing pew curtain and cried out in tremulous but earnest tones friends why stand we here all the day idle why do we keep on praying god to save sinners when the brickcroft is full of sinners to whom we never go christ said we were to go into all the world why don't we go and then she paused quiet tears swam in her eyes and she sat abruptly down sam speck who sat by her side blushed a great red blush and hid his head in his hands long ben opened his mouth as if to speak and then in sheer astonishment forgot to close it and sat gaping in a helpless sort of way whilst his eyes glistened with suppressed excitement others of the clog shop community glanced timidly round at each other and presently jabe from the back pew thundered out in his sternest tones it's time to go warm brother banks brother banks the preacher conducting the meeting hurriedly closed it and jabe was seen limping homeward alone with that exaggeration of his ordinary lameness which was a certain indication of internal disturbance the rest of the councillors followed in a slinking guilty manner as if they had been the transgressors and were coming for judgment long ben however who was the last to arrive having shyly lingered behind to shake hands with and encourage the mistress betrayed himself almost instantly for while putting on a look of portentous gravity he allowed the corners of his mouth to twitch and chuckled as he vainly hoped sotto voce and was therefore considerably startled when jabe without sitting down wheeled suddenly round and fiercely demanded what laughing at but ben's eyes only twinkled the more and he filled his pipe with most exasperating deliberateness somehow jabe's pipe wouldn't light 
the second spill burned his fingers the third lighted the pipe but there was something wrong with the drawer and finally in whisking round to give an annihilating answer to a question from lige he knocked the pipe against the chimney corner and broke it then he sat down in a pet and obstinately refused to smoke at all this was most ominous the lesser lights of the clog shop looked at each other with apprehensive glances but ben smoked on in aggravating and aggressive imperturbability we's to have a revival now he exclaimed at length coming down rather heavily on the nah ay cried jabe rushing in at the opening for which he had been waiting and laughing in bitter scorn a revival o nays and ranterism and bosh crowing ends and preaching women will mak a bonny revival surely and his speaking leg actually kicked the hob of the fire grate in its frantic excitement and then the others joined in and soon the debate became fast and furious for once jabe was entirely alone encouraged by the daring stand made by long ben the others not even excepting sam speck took up cudgels for the schoolmistress which of course only exasperated the clogger the more by the mon he cried at the close of one of his tirades who'll get in the poop it next but if who does if who does and finding no threat equal to the enormity of such a deed he shook his fist in the air and strutted lamely across the sanded floor in spite of all this the revival did break out at the chapel intermittently at first but presently it settled down into regular form under the direction of a lay evangelist recently engaged by the circuit somehow the human credit of it was given to the schoolmistress and as she made no further attempts at public speaking but worked with exemplary zeal in twenty other ways even jabe suspended final judgment upon her and admitted that she was a very decent wench i some things the lady in question had had charge of the village school over the bridge and at the foot of the knob for some months now she was a plain-looking yellow-haired girl of about twenty-five whose face only became interesting when she began to speak to you then the great grey eyes filled with soft warm light and the fair skin gleamed with kindliness and the soft low voice worked upon you like a gentle spell nothing was known of her origin except that she came from somewhere gloucesterway and belonged to the church but there was no church in beckside the parish church of brogdon was nearly two miles away and the chapel of ease at clough end was about the same distance most of her pupils went to the chapel and as she was a sociable little body and much interested in her scholars she went too and though startled and somewhat amused by what she saw she soon discovered the deep spirituality underneath these surface incongruities and became a most diligent attendant in a short time she grew quite interested in everything read the history of methodism out of the sunday school library and asked sam speck whose favour she won very early by calling him mister some very perplexing questions as to the wherefore of the various usages in vogue at the chapel she was charmed with the class meeting and being rather afraid of jabe became a member of long ben's class and immediately captured that worthy's affection by the charming naivety of her experience before long she caught the fever of methodist aggressiveness and became quite concerned for the religious condition of some of her neighbours 
which explains the impulsive little plunge she made into exhortation at the prayer-meeting already described the brickcroft of which the mistress had spoken in her memorable speech was a cluster of poor cottages mostly single-storied which stood on a flat piece of land along the side of the beck and just behind the bridge inn the unregenerate part of beckside resided there almost every house however small had a pigeon cot attached to it and upon a good few of the low roofs were mechanical arrangements for the entrapping of strags stray pigeons you never met a brick crofter but he had a pigeon in his pocket and a bull terrier at his heels even the women were easily recognised in duxbury by the fact that they invariably carried a sort of twin-lidded basket commonly used for conveying pigeons the brickcroft was the beckside far country whatever of broiling drunkenness or gambling disgraced the village was sure to spring from this unsavoury corner of it the policeman lived on its outskirts the schoolmistress having to pass the outer border of the croft every morning on her way to her duties and having also to visit it frequently in search of her most truant scholars grew quite alarmed for the state of the people and the surroundings amid which her children were brought up and it was whilst listening to the seemingly earnest prayers of the chapel people and brooding over the condition of the pigeon flyers that she was moved into making the speech which gave such umbrage to the clogger during the week following miss redford held conversations with all the chapel people she could get hold of about the moral needs of the brick crofters and was specially urgent upon nathan the smith and sam speck and these immensely flattered by the lady's preference at once began to stir up the rest the following sunday an open-air service was held in the croft and whilst the men sang and exhorted the schoolmistress went to the women who stood in their doorways with aprons folded round dirty arms and invited them to chapel one or two responded and as they were all scholars of the sunday school they were easily impressed and coaxed up to the penitent form this was the beginning of the revival and very soon special services of an exceedingly enthusiastic character were in full swing but the mistress was not content several women and two or three of the least notorious of the brickcroft men had been drawn to chapel but the main body of the pigeon flyers was still untouched at last miss redford could rest no longer and after dismissing the children one afternoon she retired into a little ante-room and dropped upon her knees when she rose again she had pledged herself to make some determined effort that very night hastening home to her lodgings and making a hurried tea she sallied forth to enlist assistance the smithy was next door but one to her lodgings and nathan had always been kind to her but as soon as she expounded her plan he declared he was up to thee ne wark and so she passed on to sam specks sam his sister said was at the clug shop as usual and the mistress who only guessed jabe's sentiments towards her but who regarded him with wholesome fear could not muster courage to seek sam there she turned back therefore and went into long ben's shop the carpenter when he heard her proposition felt that his axe were recoiling on his own head and half wished that he had not triumphed quite so cruelly over his old friend jabe but before the schoolmistress had done ben had pledged himself to call for her at half-past six and escort her round the brickcroft with the clear understanding however that she was to do all the talking 
whilst the second hymn was being sung at the service that evening and some of the worshippers were vaguely wondering what had become of the mistress a commotion was heard in the porch outside and almost immediately the dingy green door swung open and in walked miss redford with moist eyes and uplifted look and behind her came nine rough-looking men from the brickcroft including the two most hardened reprobates in the place long ben brought up the rear closed the pew doors on the captured ones and handed them hymn-books with manifest consciousness that he was one of the heroes of the hour and the object of much official envy this was the breaking of the ice and in the days that followed first one and then another of the lapsed brick-crofters was added to the church whilst the schoolmistress lived in a seventh heaven of delight and long ben struggled fiercely with a pride which he feared was sinful but two or three of the most notorious pigeon-flyers still held out their ringleader sniggy parkin in particular sniggy a by-name which had long supplanted his baptismal isaac was an undersized but thick-set middle-aged man who lived with his mother at one corner of the croft he had been fined for drunkenness times out of count imprisoned at least once for poaching was the foulest mouthed man in the croft and was gravely suspected of being concerned in an affair which had all but cost a gamekeeper his life in the croft however he was facile princeps his bull terrier had the most distinctly curved front legs and the most murderous-looking head in the community he knew more ways of snaring rabbits than a keeper but chief of all his distinctions he was the owner of that immortal pigeon the bullet which was glory more than enough for any ordinary man other famous birds would come from manchester tommy of the wells bluecock had come from london but the incomparable bullet had visited foreign parts and had flown home from paris but the highest distinction of this wonderful bird was its speed and when after one of its early victories slothering jack who had won five shillings by the achievement said to the assembled sportsmen that for duncock out to be called the bullet everybody felt that jack had had an inspiration and that the bird had been finally and adequately labelled no one ever dreamed of competing with the duncock now on equal terms and all other aspirants to flying fame were valued by the distance they stood from sniggy's bullet emboldened by the security of his position as king of the croft sniggy had shown the only discourtesy towards the schoolmistress which she received on her memorable invasion of that region but the look on long ben's face as he stood behind miss redford and the shamed way in which his mates dropped their heads at his insolent word warned him of danger and to tell the whole truth had awakened in him a shame which of itself prevented him from going to the chapel in the third week of the services however he ventured to join the rest but even then nothing could be made of him and when one night the schoolmistress's hopes were raised a little they were subsequently dashed again by the fact that he did not turn up on the three succeeding evenings one of which was sunday every day during this period miss redford called at sniggy's venturing alone by this time but though on one occasion she almost followed sniggy into the house his hard-faced old mother assured her that he warn't in then she sounded his recently converted mates but they seemed afraid of him and the only information she could glean was that he had pledged himself to fly the bullet from manchester 
against a clough-end pigeon for twenty pound giving the less famous bird a two-minute start somehow this man got on the teacher's mind chiefly perhaps because of the extraordinary difficulty of capturing him and she was more than disappointed when for the fourth evening in succession sniggy failed her meanwhile the owner of the bullet was himself in great trouble as an old sunday school scholar he knew enough to make him miserable now that he had begun to think and he confided to one of his mates that he felt wuss nor he did when billy tinker stooled the bullet on every occasion on which the schoolmistress had called he had been in but had crouched behind the mangle or rushed into the pantry and up the plank ladder into the little dimly lighted bedroom under the thatch when the mistress stopped to talk he took his clogs off stepped lightly over the attic floor until he was directly over the speaker's head and then lying on his stomach and applying his ear to a crack he listened eagerly to every word that was uttered once indeed when miss redford had insisted on praying with hard ignorant old molly he had sobbed until he was afraid of being discovered as the visitor prayed for thy handmaid's son that night sniggy gave his bull terrier to the gamekeeper shrewdly surmising how that functionary would dispose of it and regarding it himself as a sort of compensation for many past injuries of which he was now painfully conscious then he spent almost the next night in the pigeon cot wrestling with the question of the disposal of his birds but always sticking fast when it came to the bullet and edging off on the excuse of his approaching engagement with the ambitious cloughender just as the prayer meeting was closing on the fourth night of sniggy's absence and miss redford was listening to the final prayer with a sinking heart silas the chapel keeper touched her on the shoulder and beckoned her out arrived at the porch she found sniggy's mother with a shawl over her head and a very sour look on her face waiting for her he wants ye to come and have some supper wi him if you will she said in a tone which showed that she was far from approving of the invitation herself now during the revival the poor fellows of the brickcroft had taken all sorts of odd ways of showing their appreciation of the mistress's interest in them and so she was not greatly startled at this extraordinary request thank you mrs molly she said calling the old woman by the only name she had ever heard of her having but won't you ask mr barber to come as well oh ay he wants ben and owd jabe too if they'll come the mistress hastened back into the chapel and acquainted ben with the invitation leaving him to negotiate with jabe of whom she stood in great fear in a moment or two both the stewards joined her and all walked in wondering silence down to the croft two small tables of slightly different height were covered with small white cloths put together to do duty as a tablecloth stood in the middle of the newly sanded floor and sniggy washed and dressed in the best he had but looking agitated and miserable sat at one end waiting for them he bade them mak yourselves o home in gruffly solemn tones and then after seeing them all seated he brought a blazer out of the pantry to screen the mistress's back from the fire and looking uneasily round he said jabe wilt say a bit of a blessing the clogger did so and then there was an awkward pause during which sniggy seemed to be struggling with some almost uncontrollable emotion the quick woman's eyes of miss redford showed her that there was nothing on the table to eat except a little broken oat cake at one corner now nah, then 
bring it out cried sniggy at that moment and old molly went to the oven and produced a rather small pie which she immediately set before her son sniggy seized the knife rose to his feet and then stood waveringly over the smoking dish whilst the rest looked on with curious interest but his knife dropped from his hand after a moment's hesitation and falling back into his chair he cried with a sort of half wail in his voice oh conna do it jabe thee calf art a badly lad said jabe as he moved to take the pigeon flyer's place no no go on wi your supper was the answer whilst old molly disappeared suddenly into the pantry from whence the mistress thought she heard smothered sobs coming and sniggy drew very close to the fire as if he were cold art na gonna ha some asked jabe turning to their host after he had served the schoolmistress now now cried sniggy hastily but help yourselves own ye the dish turned out to be pigeon pie or rather a mixture of pigeon and steak a very popular dainty in the brickcroft and the schoolmistress shrewdly surmised that they were eating some of sniggy's own birds but it was a melancholy feast once or twice miss redford tried to start a conversation but jabe and ben answered in monosyllables and the master of the house cowered gloomily over the fire when supper was over and they were turning with feelings of relief from the tables sniggy turned to jabe who was nearest and asked and you finished it ay lad ivery bit ay except to bones then there was a pause sniggy had evidently something more to say but found it difficult to say it by and by looking from ben to jabe and finally resting his eyes on the mistress he stammered out yer yer netton the bullet and burst into passionate sobs poor sniggy had realised very early in his spiritual struggles that the supreme conflict would be fought about his idolised pigeon again and again he had staved matters off by sacrificing his dog and his drink and eventually several of his less distinguished birds but it always came back to the same point if ever he was saved the bullet would have to go and so after a whole night's struggle he at last nerved himself to the great sacrifice by the thought common in the brickcroft that the schoolmistress clemped herself and he would give her one good meal at any rate so with a terrible struggle he made the supper achieved his victory and soon after found spiritual rest the revival lasted some weeks after this many of sniggy's companions followed his example and soon the whole district was moved by the story of this wonderful work of god no methodist revival is complete without a love feast and so on the last sunday of the services there was a never-to-be-forgotten one instead of the sunday evening service at beckside the chapel was packed all the brickcroft men testified and each in turn made grateful if somewhat clumsy allusion to the school misses as the first human cause of their conversion everybody was on tenterhooks to hear the wonderful teacher speak but in her retreat behind the singing pew curtain she held down her head and laughed and cried quietly to herself presently lige and jonas tatlock began to scowl and nod their heads excitedly in the direction of long ben's pew and that worthy puzzled for a moment suddenly heard several voices calling in loud whispers the missus 
and rising he stepped up the pulpit stairs and said something to the preacher perhaps sister redford will say a few words said the preacher and then the schoolmistress rose and with her great eyes full of glory and her lips quivering with intense emotion she looked timidly round on the many radiant faces upturned to hers she tried to speak but there was nothing of the schoolmistress about her that day and her tones were low and timid speak up people began to cry and when every ear was strained to hear the tense silence was broken by the well-known voice of the clogger crying in tones quivering with deep emotion bless thee wench go in the pulpit End of chapter 10